1: FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. Have you ever wondered how, in the name of God, do you uh, water plants in space? Probably not. But what is it like to uh, be sending up and working with NASA, sending up plants and see how they operate over there? And can plants, we see this often, can they maybe feel pain in the same way that humans do to shed more light on that information uh, and that question? Simon Gilroy, who works at the Gilroy Lab, doing a lot of work with uh, NASA with plants sending them into space and figuring out all that kind of stuff. Simon Gullow joins us live on the live now. Simon, how are you, sir? Thanks for coming on Stephen. I'm very good, thank you. Is it accurate well, to kind of maybe say now, based on the research that you've done recently, that uh, plants might have a, what would you say, a fight or flight response like humans do?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, um, so we, we always like to sort of map how things respond in the world into how we operate because, you know, that, humans understand humans and... Plants have to deal with the same sort of problems that we do, and so they have to have a system to allow them to defend themselves and and deal with the world just like we do. So it's not running away, you know, because plants are rooted to the ground, but they have to have that same kind of ability, yeah.
2: It's fascinating. So. uh... Basically, when I saw the headline of this article, I thought, plants, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm terrible with kind of flowers and plants. I don't really have any plants. I don't look after them. And I don't really take them as, as real. I know that sounds terrible, but, you know, as kind of real things. Well, like you know sentient I mean? beings? Yeah, they're kind of, to me, just like an ornament.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, Well, I mean, they're, they're alive and life is hard. You know, it's like the, the, there's a lot of things in the world which are trying to get you. And, you know, like humans, we, we have pathogens that attack us and plants have the same deal. You know, if you go into a cage with a lion, it will try and eat you. And the equivalent for a plant is like a caterpillar munching on it. So, yeah, it's, it, life is hard, but we have ways of dealing with it.
1: Simon, a lot of the... Well, every so often you see headlines from different websites and articles kind of popping up suggesting and you can clarify whether this is true or not, suggesting that plants have, quote-unquote, feelings too, like humans, so when you eat them, they're screaming on the inside. Is that true, or is that taking things a little bit too too far?
0: I still enjoy salads. I'll put it that way. So, like I say, we, we, we like to sort of project how we operate as human beings onto the rest of the biological world. So, plants don't have a nervous system all right because right. the nervous system is a very clear thing that animals have and plants don't have those structures but they have to be able to do the same thing you know if a leaf is if a caterpillar is munching on a leaf it's important that the whole plant knows it's being eaten and you know if a lion is chewing on your fingers your whole body knows you're being chewed on because you have a system that transports information through you and that's our nervous system for humans And plants have to do the same thing, but they don't have the same structures to do it with. And then there's the question of, are plants intelligent? You know, like, are they thinking? Mm. And that's sort of like, how do you define what intelligence is, I think? Um, So if you think of of something being intelligent as it taking in information about the world around it, and then somehow processing that information, and then doing the right thing, doing the thing that lets it survive, then... If you, if you define that as being intelligent, then plants are intelligent. But they don't have a brain, and they don't do the same kind of things we do. But um, I, don't, I don't think I, all you have to do is go like, wow, plants are awesome. They take in this information, and they do the, the right thing, and they're doing it without the structures that we as humans just absolutely think are integral to doing that.
1: So we can't give out to vegetarians and go, now you're putting that plant and that salad through hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can, if you
0: want to. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm not going to lie, when I just saw this article in particular, I started looking at loads of plants around uh, my mom's garden, and I was thinking, oh my God, if I stand on that now, it's going to have feelings. I'm yeah. actually hurting you're the such plant's a cat, feelings. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you know, this is the, the, way, the way I think about it, is, you know, when you're walking across your lawn, or you're um, even, like, holding a rose, like on a plant to smell it, the plants have systems, they know... That you're there, like they they can sense things changing in the world around them. But are they screaming in pain when you pick a leaf? Well, they're definitely not screaming. Let's put it that way. Continue. That's good to know. Yeah.
1: Well, we can take some sort of
0: comfort in <laughs> that. <I> think, <laughs> I'll continue
2: a little bit. to pick roses off the yeah. bushes then. Simon, <laughs> yeah.
1: so, mean, what I am what I saw like on your Facebook page in the lab that you're working? with, are you doing some stuff now with NASA? And what's all that about? Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. So,
0: uh, um, so the lab. What we're interested in is this idea that plants take in information and work out what's happening on the the world around them. And so one of the pieces of information that with their very very interested in trying to understand how it works is how do plants know up from down and if you think about it like roots grow down and shoots grow up there's absolutely part of being a plant is orienting yourself relative to gravity you know we we don't know how that works the f- phenomena has been described but if you wanted to get down to like genes and you know, like the machinery that that the biology has we don't know how it works and that's a big question for nasa because one of the goals is to be able to grow plants in space to sort of help astronauts on long-term space voyages and so we're, we we work with nasa we do some uh we grow plants on the space station to try and answer what ha- what happens to biology in this very very strange world that we put it in because think about it plants evolved on the surface of the earth and they have one times gravity and that's always been there and it's only been the last you know 60 years that plants have moved out of that in that world into space, where we've put them on base rockets, and it's just completely outside. The biology has equipped them to deal with. And it's just a, it's a really fascinating question. What happens when you put plants in space? And what does happen? Yeah. <laughs> when people first started doing it, you know, like 50, 60 years ago, I think the idea was that you just plants wouldn't be able to grow in space because they're so intrinsically linked to this up versus down axis that they have and it turns out that there are there are super challenges to growing plants in space but the plants themselves they kind of grow okay it's amazing you know like plants just deal with the world around them they work out how to deal and deal with being in space but then there are some things that happen on earth that you just totally take for granted if you're a gardener you just don't even think about them, and they don't occur in space. And the, one of the ones which it turns out to be the hardest thing to do is water your plants. And you Oh, like, yeah. Well, that's crazy, because, you know, <laughs> i got a watering can. I'll just tip it on its side. But if you tip it on its side in a space station, first of all, nothing comes out, <laughs> because water is pulled out of your watering can by gravity, and then it hits the soil, Okay, so in, in, when we do experiments in space, we take a syringe and we squirt the water into the soil. But on Earth, water is pulled down through the soil by gravity and that just doesn't occur in space. So I always like to say, if you think about water in space, it's really sticky and it will just stick to the surface of everything and it will kind of creep over the surface of it. And so one of the hardest things to do is add the right amount of water to a plant in space. And if you add too much, the water, sticks to all the soil particles and then sticks to the roots of the plant and then creeps up the surface of the plant and like encloses the whole plant including the leaves in like a glove of water It's very freaky. I'd love to
1: see that happen. Yeah, that'd be amazing.
0: Well, if you
2: think about it, (laughs) even here, of course, when you have flowers in your house or someone gets you a plant and you're like, oh, that'd be lovely, and then you forget to water it. You forget to to look after it. It just looks like the most unhappy-looking thing in the world. Like, it starts whittling down and, yeah, that's when you kind of go, oh, well, maybe, maybe I do need to look after this. (laughs) But, like, in space and and stuff... And
0: now try to do that in weightlessness, yeah.
2: Yeah, but, like, in space there wouldn't be, like the sunshine and the rain and you're not getting every every kind of temperature kind of was, like, across, yeah. across the, yeah. the year. Well, so how does that fare out then?
0: We grow plants under artificial lights, under LED lights. Ah. And, you know, everyone's switched over to using LEDs for their house lights because they're so efficient. And power is a big deal for space flight. So yeah. we grow them under artificial lighting. The space station is, is, you know, it's like room temperature. And so the temperature is not such a big deal because the space station is just maintained at sort of 22 degrees C. And it's the atmosphere inside the space station is the same as on Earth. It's like one atmosphere of pressure and it's the same amount of oxygen, the same amount of carbon dioxide. But again, this weird stuff starts happening when you take away gravity. And so in this, this weightless microgravity environment of, of spaceflight, gases move in a different way. And it's one of those things that you would just would never think about. And then somebody tells you about it and you go like, oh yeah, wow, that's going to be a... How do you deal with that? So on Earth, you know, like hot air rises. So hot air expands and it weighs less and so it rises. And that's why hot air balloons rise up. And so, so that's, that's buoyancy. Things that weigh less than the stuff around them float upwards. But that's driven by weight and so that doesn't occur in space. So there's no convection of gases in space. And you say, well, what does that mean? Well, so on Earth, you switch on a light and the energy from that light Let's say it hits a leaf. And a lot of that in a plant is used to drive photosynthesis and make more plant material. But some of it is absorbed as heat. And the plant gets rid of that heat by heating up the air around it. And then convection takes that heat away. Convective mixing of gases. That doesn't occur in space. So, if you switch on the grow lights in space, you cook your plant, and it's just very freaky to think about. But the way you get around it is you switch on a fan and blow the air uh. around, and that whole mixing of gases—it's something that just happens on Earth, and we don't think about it. And you know, when when you are um, uh, like the reason your coffee is getting cooler, and it's cup is because the air around it is taking heat away all of those kinds of processes occur very very differently in space and they have huge impacts on on how biology operates And so that's one of the things we're also now really interested in is, you know, how do these big gradients of gases that form around things, how do they affect how plants operate?
1: Simon, do you mind me asking, right, because you're involved here with NASA and trying to move plants up into space, whether, you know, do you have some secret knowledge as to why we're looking to or need to move humans out into space?
0: (laughs) Uh, Space is not Earth 2.0. I I think we should look after the planet we're on because we're not going to escape to space. Huh. Um, but, uh, it's, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. But, you know, like look, going to Mars, that's, yeah. a, that's a, you know, like going to the moon and going to Mars. Those are uh, current goals. And I think they're very, it's a reality. We can do it. Like we already sent rockets to Mars. So it's not that we can't get there. It's just if humans are going to go there, which I think is like we're kind of an, like as a species, we're explorers. And this is the next big frontier of exploration, putting biology away from the Earth is really hard and so it's not going to be just like oh we'll nip onto a rocket and fly to mars it's you know you would like those those, the astronauts to be able to come home so it the the trips out there are going to be mind-blowingly awesome but putting a colony on mars is going to be a very very hard thing to do so
1: we won't be doing that in the next 10 to 15 years anyways we know mars holiday is
2: have they brought any animals to Mars?
0: No, no. So the, we've we've sent lots of, of robotic explorers to Mars and they've brought back some just like the, the, you know, the pictures of Mars you get back from sort of the Curiosity rover and things like that are just mind-blowingly awesome. Um, but we have not animals or anything out there. And also, we haven't brought anything back yet and we're just gearing up for there's a, a mission which is going to happen um, in the next couple of years where the the, the goal is to be able to send stuff back so we have we we, you know when we went when the apollo uh, missions went to the moon astronauts brought back moon rocks and stuff like that so we actually have some of the moon back on earth and we have nothing from mars because it's it's a long long way away
2: that's interesting because i remember uh, a boyfriend of mine when i was in secondary school as a teenager uh, bought me some
1: of the moon what do you mean (laughs)
2: as a present mm-hmm. as a present he um,
1: how he gave, wealthy he, how wealthy was his he, boyfriend he
2: wasn't very wealthy at all um, he said he bought it online he bought me a piece of the moon
1: <laughs> is it oh. from one of these websites where it's like buy this uh, star or buy like there's millions of them and it's just conning people out of money I never got to hold it
2: <laughs> are any of the pieces of moon mine by any chance, is my name on
0: it? I think in the future you might be able to charge rent.
1: <laughs> that We'll be forced now to move from Dublin over to the moon to or Mars, just with the rent at the moment. But surely, <laughs> um, Simon, so, mean, is there anything else uh, interesting that you guys are up to over at your lab with NASA that um, we should know about?
0: I know. Um, so we have a couple of space flights which are coming up, um, which you know, like saying that out loud is crazy. Yeah. It's just like talk about being amazingly fortunate to be given the opportunity. Um, so we're. We have a, a couple of space flights that are coming up in, a, in sometime over sort of the course of the next year, uh, and those are to grow. Uh, we have a sort of a lab rat kind of plant called Arabidopsis, and it's the standard plant. And so we're going to we're putting that up to ask how well plants defend themselves when they're in space against pathogens and things like that. Which and aliens. Well, yes. (laughs) Yeah. If they can defend themselves against aliens, that would be pretty awesome. (laughs) Yeah, we're good, actually. We're fine. (laughs) We'll all study plans then. (laughs) Yeah, what's going on? And then we have a a flight coming up much uh, more soon than that, maybe the end of this year, maybe into the beginning of next year. We're actually going to put a different plant up. Uh, We're going to try and grow cotton on the space station, which will be kind of fun.
2: Grow cotton? Yeah.
0: It's part of a program about using the space station. The space station is just this incredible laboratory because you can do things on it that you simply can't do on Earth because gravity is everywhere. So go into space and it allows you to design experiments which are impossible to do on Earth. And gravity is a big deal for how plants grow. And so if you want to sort of dissect away what gravity is doing for a plant, one of the ways to do it is to grow it on a space station. And one of the elements, so cotton is a very, very hard plant to grow, but it's grown all over the world to to make cotton. A very thirsty plant uses tons of water, so it has a huge environmental impact. And one of the things that we're trying to understand how the root system grows in plants, and, and specifically in cotton, because the deeper you can get the roots of your, your cotton plant to grow, the more it's gonna be sort of resilient to, to low water, ability, because the roots will just be deeper in the damp soil. And also, the more carbon those roots will lock up into the soil and so the national lab the space station is giving us a chance to get our first sort of, of idea about how gravity is operating to make the cotton root system operate yeah that's fascinating isn't
2: it fascinating i wish i was there i'd love to be creating that I wish we for the first were
0: smart time. enough to be able no. to work with
1: nasa and things like that rather than just you know how,
2: how much does it cost to actually go go to space now
0: yeah, I mean, so there's going to be commercial astronauts very, very soon. The NASA just announced that the tourism to the space station is now totally possible. But you're talking a lot of money. More money than I think I will ever see.
2: Same. <laughs> Probably the three of us combined,
0: actually. Yeah, we might win the EuroMillions, have enough yeah, for one ticket up so, there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Simon, you're obviously doing... Uh, phenomenal and really really fascinating research if someone's listening right now wants to maybe hound you down online and see more about the stuff that you're doing where can they find you?
0: Oh so we we run a Facebook site for the the Gilroy Lab Facebook and that tells you all the latest stuff we're doing. We do a lot of, of sort of outreach and travel around the United States talking about this stuff and so where we are and what we're gonna do be doing, the best place is that Facebook page.
1: Cool. Simon Brilliant. Gilroy from the Gilroy Lab, uh, Astro Gardner almost at this stage. <laughs> Thanks a million for popping on.
0: All right, well thank you. That's been excellent. FM one oh four is Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon.